Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome to Right on Radio. If this is your first time listening, please do like, share, and subscribe this broadcast. This broadcast, our tagline is, live right in the real world. What does that mean? We're not going to tell you how to live right, but we do expose the real world, both good and bad. And yes, I do that with my faithful host, she is an Illuminati, Illuminati Luciferian system survivor, and she is now full-time in the ministry of Jesus Christ, and her name is Jesse Zaboder. Yes, thank you. What a, uh, how many, I don't even know how many words long that title was. That well, was that was just one. an actual title. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was living in reality. By the way, my name is Jeff. Thank you. Today, if you're brand new to the broadcast, we've been doing a playlist series on the immortals. And you might be wondering what the immortals is. Well, if you've heard or seen the movie, The Matrix, the author's claim is that that movie was lifted from his script. We have the author today. And Tom, I had a revelation. And I want to throw this past you today just to get your thoughts right off the top. All right. The immortal script is the new 1984. I love it. Yeah, I, I would say absolutely. It really is, isn't it? It kind of picks up from where that left off. That's right. And it, it seems to come from a prayer um, of, you know, like here we all, each of us are. And I think people know we're, we're trying to lay ourselves bare before Christ and God and say, use us, you know, let us be door openers, gatekeepers and, and to, to whatever you would have said. And um, through the power of prayer and also um, creative works and truth out on vehicles like this. And so it just seems like all these pieces came together to pull the veil back on who really is behind the scenes, who's the people behind the curtain, what are they doing? And this was given to us as a gift because we asked for it as people of faith and, and heart. And so it's like we were given the tools we need to give understanding to the elect and others that they wouldn't be deceived uh, in a time where there will be great deception. So. And, and so, Tom, you're, we've talked, and again, well, I'm just addressing anyone who's new because we've gone into depth in this, but your script was written in the early 90s. It's turned out to be very prophetic. Everything that you've written seems to be coming to fruition today. And yes, it is really about the rise of the Antichrist, the New World Order, mm -hmm. and things like that. And so this, for anyone who's just listening, I implore you to go back and listen to the interviews because there's some wild stuff that comes out in them but what is really really amazing is how all this stuff is fitting in together and what the enemy i will say the uh, the deep staters whatever you want to call them they've actually forced tom to become the neo and live out his script mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right, Jeff. I'm actually on page basically 96 of the original work. And um, what's interesting about this is um, they are actually doing the thing where they do the flip on you. In my piece, the Neo character is actually, um, and they know it's modeled after myself as a young writer at the time, writing about myself and the protagonist. So they, you know, that's why Keanu Reeves was supposed to play that part. Like me, look like me, act like me. But what happens is they turn the tables where suddenly everybody, those that are good like yourselves, 
and those on the other side all believe you're a traitor, that you burned everybody. And to implement that has been fascinating because in the screenplay, it's um, what we call hunting parties and low-level low thugs that are employed to create this spin. And they take the place of your friends and they influence your manager, they influence your family. And it's the FBI actually in the screenplay, FBI and CIA upper echelons that are doing this to create this dark society and one world society. And what's interesting is that's what's happening in my real life. It is the FBI and the CIA that are doing it, that have bought my family. It is the FBI and the CIA that are bringing low level thugs and giving them this power and feeling of importance. And, and I have a proof of something I wanna show you right now. I think you'll find interesting if I can do this properly. If you can give me a share screen, um, I wanna show you these messages that just came. And I think it'll illustrate for the um, uh, people watching that this is all how it works. Now, what you're gonna see is, um, um, I'll put this up, see if this, I can share the screen. Okay, can you see my screen? Not yet. Okay. So I'm going to share, can you see it? Yes. yes. Look what's, what goes before you. We have somebody called Krista. Now watch what's going on here. If you read what's written, this is what happens to my manager. And you have to keep in mind that this low level team of basically they call themselves researchers, civilian researchers, which the FBI does employ civilian researchers. They can pick basically in the movie, you'll notice in the matrix and the immortals, what happens is the agents will pick anybody off the street, be able to work through them, right? That's one of the cool things from the story in the movie. And so you see this happening in real life. They can take any civilian, approach them, make them feel important and have them do their job. Now, what happens is this Krista girl is employed to talk to someone in this group that formed, they called it Immortals Remnant, to work us, saying they're gonna help you, we're gonna do research, we're gifted at it, we'll work with you. So Krista approached the one party this girl named Bree. Now, we don't know who these people are. And they're saying they want to help. And they're saying how they're dedicated. And they give us all these calls. And so then we find out Bree is connected to her. Her nephew is in the military. And she's getting intel. Well, that's not. That's illegal. You can't do that in our country. But she's getting intel. So we're supposed to trust her further. So you see this lady, Krista, is approached by the FBI on a Saturday for four hours, right? Right on time. And then she laughs and jokes about it. And then she says that um, she'll never do that again. The other screenshot right next to it says she's laughing and saying, well, I, um, what I can tell you is they're watching us very closely. So what happens is this person who's basically, she was part of a, a Steinbart group as a researcher. Now the Steinbart group had a big split and this one was on the other side of that split. And what happened was she suddenly becomes this person who I have on tape actually, that's Bree saying, she told her what to say to my manager. She told her to have my manager tape me, to pretend to be with me still, and to pull the rug. And so my own manager is used on me. Now, Angela, you know, has got a great heart and she has come forward now and said on a full record thing, look, this was all staged. This was all, you know, put up on you. And um, I'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen. So the state is going to go after me now. Let me stop share and I'll show you what's happening. Um, go back to where are we? Hold on a second. Let me get back up on board here. Where's our, sorry, I lost us. If you just hit stop share, it'll. Uh... Oh, thank you. I'm not that savvy. Okay. So what we are at is the state through the FBI, the FBI works with the sheriff's department. 
The FBI wants to put me away. I could be hauled off any second right now by the FBI. And even though there's no one bringing charges and I didn't do anything, this group picked it up and spread around and is approaching every host. And I've got screenshots of their messages saying, let's approach every host, let's use our research. It's supposed to be a mortals remnant group, but this guy who's heading it calls themselves the three wise men. They like dramatics. And so they're, they're nobodies that are suddenly contacting every host, any group I've done, they're saying any dirt you have, let's look for it and approach Jesse. They even said you, Jesse, let's approach but Steinbarker. They not approach me though. Yeah, they, they probably know not to, you know, they, they're, they're actually kind of cowardly at the same time. But this whole thing of like the brown shirts in World War II, what they do is they employ, and it's in the screenplay, low-level agents and employed people from the public. So you can pick anybody from their kitchen and say, okay, I want you to do this for me. They'll feel infused with the power. Terry Joyce was a person that did all kinds of interviews with me. She sends me this message. The FBI came and contacted me. They, they talked to me for a long time. Um, they want to work with me. And she was this, you know, 300 view person and was doing all these series with me. Suddenly she's trashing me completely and doing everything that they want. So the FBI is in charge of intellectual property. They're supposed to safeguard it. Instead, they got roped into protecting the studios and profiting off of them. So they had an income from working with the studios instead of protecting intellectual property, they acquired it and used it. And it's better than poppy fields. Now what's happening is you're getting these messages coming through Every time you reveal stuff, if you, we have the courage to reveal, what you'll see is things like this. This article just came out where the FBI was involved in assassinations. Now, why is the news suddenly coming bold and bringing out stories like this? And, because and just for the, for the audio only uh, audience, so what's, it up what again. Tom shared before was uh, just some chat logs. And now what he's showing is a article. CBS News article. That says Malcolm X's family reveals letter implicating FBI and NYPD in this assassination. And that's not all. Uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, we've talked about Brian Fitzpatrick. Now, Brian Fitzpatrick is the congressman, is also an, the only congressman to be an FBI operative from Hollywood. So you have a Hollywood operative involved with the movie moguls and this whole system of you know, dark in our society, in our country, that are now um, being congressmen too, see? And he handles my sister directly. There was just something that popped out with uh, Brian Fitzpatrick sent a message out to all these people, including my mom in Pennsylvania saying he needs our help now. He said he's being uh, slandered, that he needs money. A congressman asking for money because he's being slandered. Well, the curtains are pulled back. It's all coming down. We've been saying over and over, the FBI has been the ones. It's in the screenplay. The FBI and the CIA are the ones. That's why my screenplay was supposed to be cleansed and used for profit and given to all those studios to take from because I was revealing the FBI through mainstream film. So that's why I'm now under this thing. There's no one pushing charges on me, yet I could be hauled off and put away for good on a 302 because the FBI is using the Sheriff's Department to do it. And when I called that captain at the Sheriff's Department, when I heard this one player in this group that's trying to pull the rug on us and turn, trying to turn Angela, which incidentally, Angela has been trashed by this group. She said, no, this wasn't right. I was pushed into this. It wasn't true. Tom's a good guy. He hasn't done anything. She said, if there's anything, there should be charges on me for trying to do this to Tom. And you guys did this to me. So, so Tom, but th this group was set up to support you and yeah. they were supposed to be doing some digging and stuff. So are you saying you no longer endorse this group? Do you have anything to do with them still? Thanks uh, for bringing up. I play there nothing to do with this group. In fact, this group was simply put there claiming to soak us in like a honeypot 
group. It's like the latest thing in the playbook, which I didn't see coming, is have a group come to you. You don't know who they are. They claim to be chosen by God. This guy, this Royce Babcock, who's, I don't even want to say his name because he's a nobody. He's a fly in the ointment or a wannabe fly in the ointment, in my opinion. He, he's not anything important. And what happens is he shows up and says, Tom, I fought it and I fought it and God called me to help you. And, and I, don't, I didn't want to. And finally, I have to come because God's called me to do this. He's using our language, isn't he? Mm -hmm. And so he comes and says, next, he's trashing Jesse. He's trashing Jesse directly. Why? How? What's he know about Jesse? You know, he's and then trashing, he's trashing Jesse. Yes, I've got the message from trashing Jesse. I'm like saying that she claims to be the mother of darkness. And Tom, you got to realize that she's the mother of darkness. And that, you know, they even said this, they even said this, Jesse, and I am a fan of what you guys are doing. And I hold you up as people that are actually a shield and protecting me and my work and, and, and have been family to me. I've said it. What they say to me is Jesse is, um, well, I don't think I can even talk about it. Well, look, listen, say, look, if you have look, a screenshot of that, I want you to send it to me because you attack Jesse. I, you're going to mess with find me. it. I'll try to find the message. They do it, they do it in discussions with you. Well, right? you got to finish what they said. What was well, here's what they said. They said, look at how she talks. Get this. Look at how she talks. She's too calm on the air, Tom. She's too calm on the air. If she's talking about children and being through this stuff, she wouldn't be so calm. She is calm because she's on the other side. She's calm because she's trying to play you. And then they turn around and say, they're going to send, look, I have a shot, a screenshot of them saying, if any, anybody dig up anything on Tom where he talked about Jesse when you're talking to him so we can give it to Jesse. They're trying to destroy the whole yeah. army of God. They're trying to destroy everything we have in these final times where we're actually standing for the people and the children. You know, this is, yeah, this is classic. Um, you know, I, I went through probably four years of that. It's classic. We'll just name the group MI6 trained operatives. Um, you know, for me, they actually went as far as to, um, pull up an actual case I had been involved in mm. where I had been assaulted um, working with some uh, juveniles. And one of them had assaulted me. I chose at the time, you know, this was like almost 18 years ago. Now I chose not to press charges against him. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, then like, you know, four years ago, I get this call and you know, they're like, were you involved in this case? And I said, yes. And they actually had, a, you know, the California, one of the DA offices calling me, talking to me. And they said, you know, now this person has raped some girls and you're like one of the only people who can show that he has this longevity of attacking women. Like I wasn't raped, but right. he had assaulted me pretty badly. And um, so they were like, will you come and testify? And I said, well, you know, if he's raped women, then yes, I, I definitely want to come and testify. Mm -hmm. So anyway, though, the first odd thing was that I get this email subpoena and I'm like, what the heck? Like, why am I getting an email subpoena? Right. Then I get an actual photocopy of the subpoena through the mail from the California court district. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, why am I not getting an actual subpoena? Like, why just take a copy of it and send it to me? You know, I thought they have to 
deliver it. It either has to be signed for, or they have to actually have somebody serve you. And then I realized like in my address bar, there's like under my name, there's a series of numbers. And then at the bottom of my address, it says arrest date. And it lists a date that is not connected to any arrest of this person they want me to testify against. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is this? Like, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. so weird. So I legally had people look into it and they were like, there is a warrant in California just sitting there. It's not a legal warrant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're like, and it shows a backdate arrest date of July, whatever, you know, 2000 something for you. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have never been arrested. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of had did the same thing with Field McConnell. Like they came up with this bogus arrest warrant and, you know, came and got him, but it's illegal because it's not even a real arrest warrant. Mm -hmm. So I had to fight with the California courts because what they were trying to do was lure me into California. If I had stepped foot into California thinking that I'm there, Mm -hmm. you know, to testify, they then would have put into operation that arrest warrant. They would have arrested me. They already had it in there that I had been arrested before. Mm -hmm. So then they could have just put me into the prison system, hidden me in there Mm -hmm. under a different name, under whatever number, whoever that was for, Mm -hmm. you know, they would have had me just put me into the system Mm -hmm. and I would have been lost. And this actually happened. Um, Like we didn't get to this part of the story, Jeff, but yeah, we know several people this has happened to. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. happened to, uh, T, you know, little Jonah Reef's mom, um, this is Zach's thing happened where she literally, they put her under a different name. They even had her in, in the male prison system. And um, so they do stuff like that. And, you know, I've had the harassers too. They came as um, posing as advocates, Mm -hmm. you know, people who, worked in that same field and they wanted to support me know my story you know find out later they screenshot everything Mm -hmm. they're even able to change like you know we had one of my friends had put a prayer up they're able to take those original screenshots change the wording they did this to Jody LaDolce as well one of my team members they change the wording and make it look like you're saying things that you're not. Right. And so they can make this whole conversation, piece it together with all these so-called screenshots. Then they do take them to other people and they're like, look what she said. And you're like, I never said that. That's right. You know, like and they edit so- out their pieces. They edit out their conversations yeah. to prompt you to say something. And then they just have your thread. Yeah. Right. And that's the truth. They're asking questions and you're responding to those questions. You're trying to be open and vulnerable and sharing because you want the information out there. That's what's most important to us. There you go. And then they take those bits and pieces, they switch them around. And and people need to know this is MI6 and high level operatives. Mm -hmm. They do have the ability, both with voice things, because, you know, we had. They had infiltrated, um, you know, meetings that our advocate teams had 
where we were sharing things, you know, over a, a call, nobody was showing faces. So you just had voices, but we had made it clear, you know, no recording, no, you know, this is all private. It is confidential. You're not allowed to share anything outside of the group, but they recorded these conversations. Then they made YouTube videos with it and started putting it out there. Some of the private things where I had names, specific names, and literally then I'm getting death threats. That's right. From the things that I, the people that I had named. Right. So they would use those things and that's exactly how they work. Yeah, they're talking about making Zoom things, um, oh, the podcasts, they're gonna do talk to every host. And you see, we got the threads now because Angela came around and went, whoa, you know, no, this isn't right. Then as soon as she does, they trash her and they use foul language threats. This Royce Babcock threatens her all the time, says to her oink, oink and all this stuff. That's the guy that was gonna, you know, they act like, you know, you, you got the quote family. They used our own language. I called you guys like family. Well, they actually employed that. They mirror language you, you know, and they used your language to come to you. Like, if you look at what they say to you, this pre girl was supposed to say all this stuff to me while she's saying stuff to Angela. And it's the opposite. And Angela figured out, wait a minute, they're working on her to cut her out and have her turn on the guy that was there for her that did the work. The whole group was Immortals Remnant. That's my work. So why are these guys using that, claiming to be researchers, and their threads are saying, find anything on Tom to destroy him? You know, well, that's not what the work is about. You know, and listen, I'm just going to go on my gut feeling here, Tom. And that's all it is, just a gut feeling. But, you know, were these people approached? Probably. But my gut feeling is these people really are nothing. They just, this is going to make them feel important. They're involved in something. I I agree, Jeff, but the thing is this, the FBI, that's their playbook. The FBI uses low people, like you said, they wanna feel important, but the problem is the FBI <laughs> does use that for great ends for them. It's like the brown shirts in Nazi Germany. They know this will work and it's less, it's more plausible deniability for them. Well, that's just some homeless. In fact, this guy said he was a homeless guy that the three wise men, he called it, they like their, that's FBI influence, I think. There's, they're claiming they're all homeless, really? What happened to me in California? They sent these people at me that were supposed to be homeless. We had this very wealthy couple, they were a Mexican couple that showed up outside our apartment in California, Ventura, California. They had this nice brand new SUV, right? They're coming out, this black SUV dressed to the nines, right? coming out and loading homeless stuff into our storage area in the back of our apartment, right? Loading homeless stuff in, stealing our stuff and pouring oil down on the ground. I don't know why they poured oil down and they leave their boot prints through it. And what happens is the lady upstairs was saying, what are you doing? They're like, get back in your house, B-I-T-C-H, or you know, we'll, we'll kill you. And it's like, these are dressed up people in this black uh, SUV that are dropping off homeless stuff. They want to make it look like the homeless that I had an altercation with homeless somehow, right? And that that's a low level death for me or ending where I was so crazy and so stupid that I got into an altercation with a homeless guy or something or a couple and ended up dead. And then everyone goes like, well, well it was nuts, you know? 
And so I think what we're learning now is another thread to this, this tapestry of strategy, which the FBI uses. And they know they can go to anybody's home, right? Like they did with this Krista girl and say, look, we need your help. The FBI and they're oppressive and they're dressed up and they're smart and they're telling them like, we need your help. Your country needs you. National security, we just have this schmuck here. We need to you know, work on them. Okay, all right. Guess what? The FBI came. They wanted me to work with them. Oh my God, I love it too. Tell everybody I'm so important. And so, so they the, do it, yeah. What's the play here, Tom? Is it to make you look crazy? Mm -hmm. What are they trying to do? Make me look like an idiot that died over uh, because I'm so insane that I had to fight. With, I would alter do fights with somebody who's even needy it's like best thing, next best thing is have me die over fighting somebody with a blind man stick. You know, I, I beat up somebody or went after a pregnant woman. So they're trying to make it look like I'm violent, crazy, a 302, danger to society, that I even go after homeless people. Are you so violent or crazy, Tom? For What's the record, <laughs> are you violent or crazy? No, I think my manager now can tell you that. But yeah, it's like, yeah, no, no, actually look at, I think it works tell you, it's like look at my writings, my writings are about what? Bring everybody together and glory to God and let's make a better place and help the children. So I think I'm on the other side of that stuff, but yeah. And uh, yeah, so what they're doing though is they're trying to create that image and that's what we kind of capitalize now. Angela laid out this amazing testimony thing and I could still be hauled off. She's like, it's my fault. I was talked into this. I said these things. I was told to tape them even. It, you know, it, you're, it broke my trust seeing that thing. I'm like, what? And, you know, she even said, um, yeah, it got so bad. They made her, they had her, uh, this Brie girl told me on tape, listen, I was telling Angela's stuff because I was told to do it by the lady. Well, now she's right back with Krista saying, what do we do next? Okay, so and for the audience, they don't have the background on what you're talking about here. Okay, so they don't, it, they don't know what happened. It was a setup. They needed a 302. Brian Fitzpatrick. What's a 302? This is an attempt at a 302. I'm supposed to look at be a violent, crazy, dangerous guy. So a 302 is an FBI report. A 302 is a um, designation they use for any citizen in our country where they'll say he is a danger to society. He's a 302. He's a danger. It's a psych. Uh, like number. a label that they give. Right. That they understand. Right. And so it's like, it sounds, you know, technical and classy. It's like, okay, he's a 302. He's a danger to society. He's a mass murderer. He's a Jeffrey Dahmer. He's a, you know, whatever. And All right. He's going so, to kill okay. Them. So that, that's what they're going for. How did they execute it? Because they got, they use people. And, and, and um, you have to let, you have to let pe the audience know who each player is. Okay. Okay. Well, like Krista, I showed up screen of Krista, right? Krista was a researcher for the Steinbart group. Then she, they had a splitter off. They, had a, they apparently had been infiltrated and there was a split in the group. And so, you know, what happened was um, this one group is doing a documentary. And so this split off, this Krista, suddenly is part of this Immortals Remnant group that was formed. And again, I didn't know who these people were. Uh, they claim to be three homeless guys that are married. They have homes and stuff and they seem to be pretty well off but they are claimed to be researchers, right? So civilian researchers. And they're gonna do this great research, any articles we need. Well, of course, nothing was ever done for us. And they would make sure that we could go forward and the world would know And he says he's called by God to do this stuff. And I'm sure I seem gullible like that, but I do believe people are called by God. Next thing he claims to be Jesus and that 
that I got the Immortals idea for the screenplay because it was sent through him. So he's trying to take my place and copycat and take, yeah, he's trying to take credit for my work and take the glory off of, you know, the work to himself rather than God. And that's what they do. You got a lot of people that want to be, like you said, important. So they try to take your place. I've had a lot of that in my life where they try to take your place and try to get those that love you to love them. And it's like, just basically push you out, come in. So he was kind of stuck on that. And it's interesting because they involved Hollywood in this process. One of the most amazing things they did in this process to mess with your mind, right? This mess with your mind thing, like it's a game to them. They call it a chess game, a game. Was Netflix is owned or operated basically covered by the attorneys of Warner Brothers. The Warner Brothers attorneys after they threw our case went to Netflix, they're now Netflix attorneys. Netflix actually works with Mike Lang and Disney and Mike Lang has the honeypot wife in bed. We know that on the birthday she was taken. And we have the emails from Mike Lang, Ziet Zion, saying move in with him, showing you know the shaving kit on the bed and everything else. All part of the game, ego game they play, the chess game. So Netflix, what do they do? Netflix and depositions with me back in the day where I didn't get any information from them, only from me. They're saying, we have your watch list because we have Netflix. We have your watch list of everything you watch. So watch what they do. They want to be clever, right? Like all they could come up with Jesse was she looks too calm, Tom. Look, she looks too calm. That's all they could get. All they can get on me is, yeah. Oh, that's too calm. Oh, Jesse, ah, it's too calm. She's obviously with Satan. So, yes. they, they obviously have not spent time with Satan. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to make that claim. I'm just saying that's their game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. But what they do is they, they do this narrative thing where they want to be clever. That's the whole thing. They don't have anything on you, so they'll create it. So get this little ploy. You got to see this play. They do. It's, it's great. And they make the people feel important that are low echelon brought in to be thugs, right? To play. So this, I love this play, though. I have and that to gives them the plausible deniability. Well, yeah, yeah. And this one's too good. It's too good. I mean, I mean so, this kind of like a good soap opera. You know, maybe we should make an Illuminati, you know, immortal soap opera. <laughs> oh, please. Let's do it. Oh, I know how to do it so good now. I know how to do it. Because listen to this part. You're going you're to love it. I think you're going to love it. You know. I know, I know. <laughs> Every time you come on camera, you're like. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh. Part of ways, you know? <laughs> and they're so stupid. They're so dumb. You know, and so you got to think of it too. The playbook is employ people that aren't that smart and you're not going to look that good. And you know, you're dealing with people that are smart enough to write these materials and, and go with where we go and still, you know, we went through and here we are still praising God and lifting each other as a family, basically. All right, so, you know, Tom, you never finished the story. I'm going right to, it's a callback. I'm going right to it. Here's the callback, they say. Uh, Netflix. So Netflix knows our watch list. We know that, right? They said it in depositions. We know everything you're watching. You're watching violent films. And I explained, well, I'm watch, I only watch films that if the violence fits the plot as necessary to the story with the relationships, then I'll watch it. If it's violence for violence sake, I get sick if it's not tied to anything. So Netflix knows our watch list. So what do they do? Royce Babcock just cuts me off and it's just working the group, calling Angela, my manager, calling Bree, saying things like peekaboo and playing weird stuff, right? And Netflix, what do they do? We're watching the Sherlock Holmes series because we were told that the Sherlock Holmes series is another way of slapping on me. They have this guy with the blue eyes, right? The certain look of I do, right? And he's supposed to be a sociopath, great. Not me, but that's what the character is. He's super, super smart, which I am tested as. And he has a sister that's trying to burn him, which is happening. And he wants to save her, which is happening. And so what goes on is they do the finale. Well, we were lined up for the finale. 
Angela, my manager, and I were watching Sherlock Holmes series on Netflix. They know what we're watching. So here's the, here's the fun part. They have uh, this, um, he called himself Morpheus, um, Babcock, right? Royce Babcock. Say to me, the last thing he said to me was this. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Why is that important? Because when we put on the series to watch it, the finale series, the next one we were watching, it goes like this on the screen. Did you miss me? 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 Okay, Tom, I got to jump in here because the listening audience, they're going to say this sounds a bit crazy. And Of course, it's supposed to sound so, crazy. So you, like, your claim is, if I'm hearing you correctly, Go ahead. that that you know the people who run netflix who have access mm -hmm. to all of your data contacted mm -hmm. this low level yes nobody yep uh, and, yeah, i don't mean nobody is he is somebody he is he is no, a really i go he has value he has value nobody. in life everyone does um, everybody has but, value but this guy's sold but go ahead but but what i'm saying is he's not uh he's not like a big lawyer of a major no company. no he's so, like so how would a company like Netflix make a connection to this guy, Royce, and, and what you're saying? Like, it, it just, it sounds like a stretch, Tom. Because the FBI, did we not show you the FBI contacted Krista on a Saturday for four hours? Did we not show that she says they're watching you closely, right? The FBI is connected right there at Wilshire Boulevard in Hollywood. Brian Fitzpatrick is an FBI operative from that very office, and he's also our congressman that handles my sister. Gave her the big reward on the floor of Congress after the 302 attempt. So yes, no, it's not a big stretch at all because they want to be clever. And if they have the instrument to do it. So they're not shooting the series to put that in there for Brian or um, Royce to say. They know it's already shot, that that verbiage is in there and it's going to fill the screen throughout that episode. And so that's an episode coming up. So they simply tell him, put this last message to Tom, did you miss me? Because think of it. What's the context for did you miss me? Why would he say that? Why would he even make that statement? It doesn't, it doesn't fit anything we've ever even talked about. But he says it, leaves it, isolates it there as the last thing he said to me. And then he disappears. So did you miss me? So he is given a script to say as the player, as the controller, in a group that's supposed to research to bring dirt to destroy everybody, including trying to bring Jesse down, anybody I work with, right? While my other hosts are getting, other people are getting their sights struck, interviews struck, everything else, FBI. And so it's a way to do a plausible deniability, I grant you, but no, it's not that crazy at all. It, they know the watch list and they're going to have this guy say it and he feels powerful doing it. I see it as not crazy at all. I see it as this is an old hat playbook move where they're trying to use plausible deniability and be clever. And of course they're going to do it. They can't resist because they want to feel clever. And boy, the way, you know, he ate it up with a spoon, he felt all powerful. And so... so in an effort to be completely fair, uh, mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw something out here. Uh, you have attacked this uh, this gentleman, Royce, and uh, I have his social media contact. I would also give him a chance to come on and defend himself. I think it's only fair, and uh, you could be on at the same time, Tom. I'm just uh, I just want to put that out there. So he contacted you too. No, well, I'm in contact with them because I was invited in that group a long time ago. Oh, you saw that group? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was invited into it a long time ago. I, I don't really participate much in it because, you know, we've got our own research projects going on. But uh, I've certainly been involved in it. And, and, and he's messaged me separately. Uh, it's always been very cordial, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
So just because you're you're attacking a guy, uh, I'm just proposing if he I'm gonna I'm gonna message him and say his name come up came up on this program, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if he wants to defend himself, we'll get the two of you on together. I can show you what he said to Angela and what he's been doing to Angela. It's scary. It's very scary. And oh, well, uh, you you can you can present that as part of your evidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happy to. I'm very happy to. He would, so he would you be okay with that, Tom? Because if that? not, I could have him on if he wanted to. By no, himself. I say do it. Put us, both on. Put us both on. Because this is part of the story in the playbook of how it operates. And uh, it's, it's, I am, I'm appalled at what happened to Angela through this, through him. And how this person, Bree, played, it's on tape, it was told to say what she said to Angela and destroy everything we're trying to work for. Contacting every host to try to throw it and looking to research to find anything they can say. And so they've been collecting anything they can, screenshots, anything about anything. And they're, all they're doing is trying to destroy everything we worked for. for over they never contacted me, just so you know. Me neither. Well, they say, well, I'll show you this thing where they're saying they're going to contact you, that they're find, trying to find anything they can say to Jesse. And I, will, I, I already have that. So it's like, yeah, I have it. Yeah, you gotta send that to me because that, that's, uh, that's gonna strike a little close to home. Yeah, no, that's that's what I have. So yeah, they're I, they're I saying in their thread. What's that? I no, I've got the screenshots. And Angela's, no, seriously, but Angela's got the screenshots of it too. You know, you got to contact, tell, contact uh, SMG and let's contact these guys. I'm on it now, Roy says. I'm contacting SMG now. And they're sending us a screenshot. And that was just the other day. So it's a campaign to destroy everything we stood for. When this is why we build an army, Jesse. That's right. And... You know, really, there is, you know, there's there's way to deal with these people. Ultimately, you know, our main concern, like I'm the person I don't even get involved with these type of things anymore. Right. Um, you know, so I just keep my eyes focused. My main goal is people need to hear the truth about the system. Right. And I'm going to continue bringing forward the information that I have. And they cause all these distracting little things because, you know, I learned they want you to spend all your time addressing the drama and addressing the attacks. And when they get your focus on that, (laughs) you're not getting the information out there that Lord's given us to give. So, you know, I just will briefly address things and keep going, you know, with the info that I have. And that's usually the best approach. And not just usually, Jesse. It is the best approach. You, yeah. you have to go forward in a battle. If you're right. going backwards, to. you're on your heels. And, and the Lord proves you true. Like I found that, you know, the platforms, the places where the Lord wants me putting out my info, those people are not swayed. They know the truth. You know, I right. had these people were contacting one of my, you know, good friends that's in Australia. And he's like... <laughs> I don't believe this, you know, but they mm. sent it to me anyway. And right. I'm like, why in the world are they sending it to, you know, trying to ruin relationships with people in Australia? You know, like, right. what does this person have to do with anything? Right. And, you know, I found that the people who really take the time to know me, you know, they know the truth. They're not swayed by other things. Yeah. I'm trying to hold this up for you. Uh, oh, shoot. It keeps switching. Oh, it's driving me crazy. We, but, we won't be able to read that anyways, Tom. All right, but it Way says, let me read it to you. Is, uh, okay, there's it's, no it's bad language, I hope. It's very important. I want okay, you to who's it from? 
What do they say? It's from Bree with Royce saying he talks so much S-H-I-T about Jesse. Does anyone have anything on that? So it's it, to, to reach you. So that's what it is. That's what I'm saying. Dig anything up on anybody to stop what we're trying to do and our truth and to put me away. So that's what this group was supposed to do. So it is very important. And if I look like I'm affected by this, yeah, I am. Because this almost put me in jail and took me away from my boy. It had us thrown out in the cold where I would not be Aiden anymore, which was a plane that play they've done all this time. Yes, it affects me. If this Royce has done this, yeah, it affects me. He has trashed and used foul language. He has used threats. He has done all this stuff to try to break up when he said he was going to do good. All he's trying to do under this Mortals Remnant group is destroy everything we stood for. And that's his focus. And he's saying, he keeps saying, you know, Tom is Jim Jones and don't drink the Kool-Aid. He's using the talking points. He says it again. So this guy is on a war path. No, I don't think he's anything important at all, but he is going all out to destroy everything we've done and almost succeeded in doing it. And even though he's not that important, he is on his way to try to do that for good. So yeah, yeah, this has been a really rough ride with this group that came to me claiming they were gonna do good, instead trash those people I care about. And uh, yeah, it's been real hell for Angela too. So, and here I am, I could be hauled off any time now thanks to the game they played with the FBI. Well, Tom, if you go missing though, at least you'll have some people looking for you. Well, I appreciate that, but I'll tell you, I- This was, we, thank you. This was the last move they could make. We knew it, the last move. Everything's lining up now for everything to work. And this group just ate it up. And the lust for it, it was, that's what really gets me too. It's like, they kind of have a lust feeling for it where they get excited about destroying everything you've done when you're doing it for the kids and everything else. And it's, it's about destroying the work and they get sick on it and excited about it. And to see that kind of inhumanity just really brings the heart down. And to see Royce doing this and this Bree person, it just, that's what hurts me. I'm not out to get anybody. I'm out to finish the job. Now Bree, it sounds say, like made yeah. it made good on it. She came clean, right? Did I hear no, you correctly on that? She, she said she was going to trash, well, basically she was trashing Brie, I mean, trashing Angela, blaming her for everything. And uh, I was supposed to, you know, believe that Brie was good for me. And there's even, um, we'll share one more time and I'll show you. Just share and we'll wrap this up. Um, go to share screen. It should be okay. Okay, here you go. So here you see in the end here is this from Brie. And... The idea, Royce's idea, the group's idea was to try to turn it that I talked, you'll hear talking points. Tom talks bad about everybody. You know, Tom talks bad about you guys. Tom talks bad about everybody. Uh, the whole group, he trashes everybody. But look what she says. Um, there was all these, there was all the posts of people airing dirty laundry and that wasn't this, what this group was about to begin with. It was just good hearted people who wanted to help you. People were posing their dirty laundry and it became a drama filled with group of people talking crap on people. And I just couldn't deal with that anymore. So I left the group. I didn't leave anyone. I just wanted out of the drama. I just wanted to finish the job. And I said, who talked about whom? Me and you? No, not me and you. I said, I always try to lift people. No, it wasn't about you, I know. So then we can finish this, yes. So she's saying the group was talking trash on everybody else, but her and I weren't. That's interesting, there it is. Then she goes, Hard, um, about Angela, hard to believe she was so sweet to me, are you sure? Is what I said, hard to believe she was so sweet to me, are you sure? She's trying to convince me Angela was bad. 
I said, she says, everyone had screenshots and recordings of it all. I don't want to be in the middle. Let me show you what she sent me tonight. I said, that is fine, but Angela wants to drop anything, charges, and um, even there's no violence, all she said, uh, she said someone talked to her. And then I go on with that. She says, no, Angela trashed you in the group and blamed me for it. The group was my family till one day. She blamed all, blamed me for all of this. So what's interesting is they're telling me I'm good. I never did anything wrong. I didn't trash anybody. I never spoke bad about anyone. But the whole thing that this Royce guy was doing and Bree was telling Angela that I was trashing everyone. So they're double speaking, both of us. And this shows you that, you know, they're saying I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't trash anybody. I always spoke well of everybody. And that same person is recorded as saying she was told to say to Angela what she was told to say by this woman contacted by the FBI. And so she gets Angela to believe that I'm trashing her and that I'm against her. And they create this division. Next thing they know, they, they tell her to tape Tom, try to create this incident, pretend to be on his side and things like that. That's your manager. And it worked. So that's what I'm saying. This has been really nasty, really hard. And the whole time I'm being told, you know, Tom, you're really good. And, and Brie would say to me, you know, um, uh, I feel like I'm called to be with you and to work with you and lift your cause. And that's what I'm all I'm supposed to do. I have research skills. I'm going to do it. And then we find out her nephew is with the uh, military and giving her intel and this FBI person talked to her. It's a game they play and look at the mess that results. So in the end, I could go to jail for what? Nothing. Never lifted a hand against anybody. Never hurt anybody. We certainly would never hurt a woman, but they're trying to put me away for domestic violence. What? So Angela wrote this whole thing saying, no, Tom didn't do anything. It was me. I didn't, Tom didn't do anything. He didn't lift a hand. He never would. You know, and if, ever, if there's anything, charges should be brought on me, but I was influenced by this group, Royce and these guys, Bree, to say, to, to pull the rug, to tape them, to try to set them up, to, yeah, they did their job. So no, I don't wanna uh, even see this Royce again, but if we're gonna do a radio show, please have me on because yeah, it would be- Well, listen, I, I think just in fairness, I should give him the opportunity. Well, he is going to do everything he can in the trash, but do it. Fine. It's been one big nightmare. I want my boy safe. And this man has done everything to destroy everything I've worked for. And he is still contacting hosts and saying Jim Jones with Kool-Aid and all this other stuff. Every talking point. He will appear on anything now to destroy the work I'm trying to do and give glory back to God. And that concerns me. So, yeah. It's, well, a maybe it's not a good idea. I don't know. Jesse, what do you think? I don't think it would bear fruit. I think it would just be a way for them to have a platform again. If you, you know, do disclaimer, fine. I think if they can get on and, you know, put them on there, let them say it to our faces and, yeah. you know, and we will pray because our, our goal is not to cause more division or strife. It's to get to the truth of the matter. See their goal. Why, why, if you're in there to really help us get the information out, to help save kids, to, you know, put out their things that are going to show people the truth about the system, mm -hmm. then why are you attacking? And if there's something that we have earnestly done to hurt people or to, um, you know, cause division or strife, well, then, you know, we're accountable to God for that. So if it's true, you know, I'd be the first to say, I'm sorry, I did hurt somebody. I'm sorry, I was wrong. 
but if they're just on there to bash and accuse and, you know, falsely. Yeah. Well, listen, we have to have proof, you know, uh, if if there's no proofs, it's just gossip. And and by the way, I hate gossip. I hate drama. I do too. I do too. Um, That's why I was hesitant. So that's obviously the worry here uh, in doing it. But I just feel like in fairness, if we're going to go after someone, we could give them an opportunity to give their side. Right. I don't want to go after anybody. I want to finish the work. And what I'm saying is this is just, this is one big nightmare where I could go to jail. And this guy has quite the language. And um, he uses the F word a lot. He uses everything else. He uses threat. He, he cyber bullies women. This guy is really scary to me in the fact of what he does and, and how he comes across. So he's out to destroy. If he can just put a ribbit between us, he'll do it. And uh, he said he's going to contact any group he can. And that's what's like this one even says, talking to SMG now. So, God, my phone. He's like, you know, he's talking to SMG now, calling any call. He's getting the group to cheer him on. Just read it, Tom, because we can't read it there. Don't worry about it. Um, Talking to SMG now is one of the things here. Uh, Go F yourself. Um, uh, Brought all the people to you, whatever. Then it's... um, uh, when you get done beating Angela, you win the fight over woman. Let's go, dude. I have it all. You're truly a danger to society. I can't even believe how much lies you've spun over the years. Jim Jones, maybe with a Kool-Aid. Um, you guys think you're slick playing your games. You think domestic violence is funny. You think that you're doing acceptable innocent people. I have literally everything. How about one where you call her pig? Oink, oink. Get the F on with your life. You're tweaked. Um, your last son, right? It just goes on and on. Okay, so you know like, what? I, I'm not going to have him on. Just with that language like that, I don't want that on this program. He's he's destroyed. He's basically almost destroyed my life. And he said he was coming to help and called by God. That that's got me upset. It hurts me because he put my son and my whole life in danger of what I'm trying to do to save kids. So I'm yeah. I'm affected by it. the FBI. Was smart. They know what they're doing. But I'm going to finish this. I'll finish it. What say you, Jesse? The Jim Jones with the Kool-Aid is a threat to overdose you with heroin. Thank you. Oh, that's a calm. He's repeated it too. He said it a couple times. He keeps repeating Jim Jones with Kool-Aid. Yeah, Kool-Aid was used with uh, IV drug users to make sure there was no um, air bubbles. That was See, how they would know there's no air bubbles. So it's a it's a calm that about heroin use and IV drug overdose. I would appreciate prayers for protection on this because I feel from fear for my son. I fear for Angela. He's threatening her and he's threatening her really harshly. And that's abusive. We're going to press charges. But the thing is that um, the idea is haul me off like you, Jesse, what you were talking about. Haul me off. There's no charges on me. There's no moving party on me. Um, in fact, they're saying good guy, loves people, loves kids. Great. Doing something for the world. Offers being made. But what's going on is if they can haul me off, the state's going to go with it anyway. The FBI through the state will haul me off and I might just disappear. Yeah. Records are being changed and altered. So I do need your prayers for protection at this point. We get well, over this we girl. have asked the audience to pray for you in the past. Okay. And, uh, you know, Tom, I encourage you to go look at the comments uh, on all the videos that we've done with you because there's tremendous support for you. I feel and, it. And thank you to all those people out there that have done it. You guys have been family to me. You guys have been family to me, both of you. And I say it. And it's like, watch what happens now. Just, just let's just heads up. Watch for certain parties to appear on the threads now and try anything they can. They'll try to put screenshots up 
having edited out their portion of prompting and they'll try their game, but we'll get through, we'll finish this. If I get through this now, get these charges dropped, whatever, then um, I'm finishing the job. I'm going to finish well, the job. We'll trust the Lord too. I mean, you know, I'm a living testimony of that. They, they offered a high level, I just call them retriever. They offered a high level retriever over $33 million to bring me in. Mm-hmm. That person, something happened, ended up having to have major ankle surgery, never got to show up to come oh. and pick me up. Mm-hmm. Five years later, still has not shown up. Um, the next person that they offered, they offered only 12 million. That mm-hmm. person did not come and get me. So, you know, even when they tried to get me to lure me into California, the Lord intervened. He gave me wisdom. He gave me a way to get out of that. You know, I literally wrote a letter to the judge and said, because you didn't send me an actual subpoena, this is a volunteer subpoena. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, due to safety issues, I'm going to decline. I will not be showing up. You know, so the Lord allowed me those outs. And, you know, I think in all this, you know, just remember that, that when the feelings of fear come, when you feel overwhelmed, turn your eyes back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I am trusting you in this. Um, You know, Joseph in the Bible got hauled off to Egypt. Mm -hmm. Horrible things happened to him. He was separated from his family. Yet in the end, what happened? The Lord used all of that Mm -hmm. to raise him up. He became the second in command in Egypt through his wisdom. They built massive storehouses for grain Mm -hmm. So not only when the famine hit, not only was Egypt saved, all the surrounding nations were saved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is the end game, but Mm -hmm. we know who's the victor, Jesus. Jesus is the victor. And fear is not from him. That's right, part of his army. So Mm -hmm. we know that we have the victory in all this. And, you know, he says, ask, you know, whatever we ask according to his will, he will do it. You know, we know that it's not his desire for there to be division and strife and gossip and all sorts of stuff. The Lord wants the truth to come out. Right. So we just keep putting out that truth. See, the fear was for my son and for Angela, her family. It's like, um, they got me. See, hauling me off, I can't watch over them. You know, if I disappear, what happens to Aiden? And that's been the game all along. So if there's fear, it's not for me. I'll go down strong if I have to, but I think we're going to see this through. This is the last hurdle. We knew it was coming. We knew what the game was and what the play would be, a 302 attempt. It's actually in your script, Tom, which brings us right right back. You're right. It is. It's right from the script. And I do want to share something. I thought this might be good, and then I'll let this, is what kept me going always was the image in my mind. If anybody goes through this kind of stuff where you just feel... They've caved in on you. They've got you or they shackled you. Just keep an image in your mind, something that means something that keeps you focused on the Lord, on those that love you and what you're going to do. And the image can bring you home. And that's at the whatever. It's that image staying in your mind. For me, it's the father with the little girl in his arms, you know, holding her and stuff that will stay with me to the end and keep me going on the right path and, and doing it right for those that for it matters and their children, I'll keep going. So I would just offer that, proffer that to people. If you ever get in the darkest states, just keep an image in your mind that keeps you going and you can finish the job with that image in your heart. 
Well, I'll go a little bit further because Jesse and I have talked about this on the air in a different uh, capacity. Uh, but what you're describing, Tom, is your why. You have to know why you're doing it. And your why has to be really strong. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is when the real testing comes, if, you, if you're confident of why you're doing it, your why actually becomes your willpower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you can stay locked into and focused on. Yeah. Because it takes will. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes you're at a weak point where all you have is that to keep it going. It's like walking through a blinding snowstorm and you have to keep taking that step and that step and that step. But I know the sun's coming out right at the end of this one. This is a short span and everything's gonna open up. The offers are coming in. Uh, credit for the work is about to be established, I'm told. So everything is really looking good. And, and Jeff and Jesse, you both have been godsends in my and, life. And Tom, we're gonna feature some of your work on this show. Oh, that's we're going to do one of your productions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Angela's we talked off the air on how to how to execute it. I think we've got a good strategy. Yes, I think it's a brilliant strategy. And it is. I think it's wonderful to set some light and happiness and let's let the work do its job. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, and, but, and it's a very fun play as well. Yeah, I think it, it shows hearts and it's, you know, it allows people to laugh. So let's just, yeah, let's enjoy uh this earthly plane and and um together and lift uh joy and laughter too so yeah i love it any final thoughts jesse no more final thoughts I, I think that we can just say you know the verse in my mind is trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight you know, all the time I was writing the script when I was dealing with the Pat Robertson situation where this all began with, I kept saying, trust in God, trust in God, trust in God. And that's what I would say. And so when you said that, it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I just want to say, Jesse, Jeff, you guys are godsends. You are obviously the real deal, the genuines, no matter what the enemy will devise to try to make us divide, divide against each other or try to bring us down. It's not working. You guys failed out there. Whoever would do that. Uh, we're sitting strong, we're finishing the job, and we're lifting God and each other. Great. Amen. And, you know, just one, uh, just a thought, and it, this is a little bit off topic, but it really does go with your script, Tom, and kind of being the extension of the Orwellian uh, picture of 1984. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of news coming out right now about, uh, you know, having to get this vaccination if you want to travel, if you want to work. Uh, this is happening in Australia. It's happening in the UK. They're talking about it in Canada. It's like, like all around the world. They're talking about this. So when, what they're trying to do is this great reset that they've talked about and where essentially you give up ownership and things like that. But it also reminds me of the mark of the beast. Now, yes. I'm not saying this is. I, I think this is a failed attempt at it, to be honest. But they're prepping you for it and they're getting the language ready for it but what is going to happen is the economy is going to change one way or the other the economy is definitely going to change and one of the reasons why jesse and i are doing this school which is going to be launching literally in the next couple of weeks is you know god has set out a plan there's there's the the capitalist economy there's a socialist economy there's the fiat money there's all this but god's kingdom economy goes past everything. And God has actually given us instructions on how we can survive that. So what happens if you don't want to take that mark? 
What happens? Oh, you can't work anymore. Well, God's actually got solutions for that. He was never going to let us be unprepared. And so Jesse and I are doing this school. We're not going to do it on the program because it's very, it's highly specialized. Some of the stuff we're going to be doing. Uh, But, but for those of you who don't want to attend that school that we're doing, we're going to still be giving you information and stuff, and you're still going to get the nuts and bolts. You just probably won't have the full, full picture. Uh, but we're, we're going to give you some really good clues on what that is. So stay tuned for that. Get ready for it because it's going to be super exciting. Uh, right on you. Right. I could, I could say that now as I registered yeah. the URL. You know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I'm so excited about what you guys are doing. And it's like God has given us this these knowledge and ideas and things like this. I was given this hit too that in the future, how do we handle all these things that are happening as a one world society starts to forge together? And I can feel it when you're talking about the ideas, almost like images of it. And one thing he gave me was that we would have um, bodies of people that would actually set themselves aside to live um, where their currency is basically just trading, caring to each other, um, taking care of each other. And it's like, it's like the word goes out that if there are wars between nations, uh, soldiers, young men could come to us and they would be heroes for not fighting, not fighting across those borders and basically for deserting uh, wars, be heroes, for not engaging, letting those young lives just be sacrificed for nothing, for old men having disagreements. Come and be free from that and be celebrated that you embraced peace. And it's like, I just see this. If you would line up all the causes for war and put them down on a page, all the causes that were listed for fighting for your country or for war, you could, you could have people pick them out and you'd have, you'd be picking both sides. It's just really old men with cigars making young men give up their lives. Well, it's the Rothschilds making more money by funding both sides. That's right. You, you make, they make fortunes by having our young women and men now sacrifice themselves and for causes they're putting in front of them and making them swallow. It is, it is absolutely vicious, but we're coming to a different time now. And we are. And, you know, there, there's a reason why, you know, first of all, that God put Jesse and I together to do this program. Uh, you know, we really complement each other well. For some reason, I've been studying this God's economy and what he's telling us to do with money for the last 20 years. And mm-hmm. it's starting to make sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do. I feel like I feel like you guys are an umbrella that kind of comes over me. It's like I feel safe here. It's like being here with you guys. Word out is what they said gives my family the safety getting word out the truth out that's my job i'm called to do it and it just feels like there's this ray or umbrella from you guys that gives protection over us your prayer is powerful your um your genuineness your honesty and your bluntness i know that you'll speak the truth no matter if it hurts or not you're going to say it and that's my kind of people and um i think that's what we need in these times and that's what's going to cut through the other side may not count on it but thank god um, we can do this. So, and what you're doing. And, and I, I totally got a joke, you know, but okay. uh, talking I know. <laughs> about me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to do that. So oh for God. the audio I... only audience, she's doing oh, this the diva hands and presenting her beautiful face. And by the way, she does look exceptionally beautiful. Well, the today calm for you. Hands, the calm, I think it's great. The calm demeanor hands. It's calm fantastic. demeanor hands. <laughs> And you know what you're doing? It, it's so beautiful. You are. You're great. You guys are both beautiful. It's like the um, the calm is what we need in our time. So it's funny they would attack the calm. 
it, so it's be the opposite of that, Jesse, because I'm not really the most calm individual. <laughs> I don't know. I was just being calm and blunt, Tom. <laughs> like Abbott and Costello here. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys are both great. Thank you for what you're doing. You. I want to say it. Thank you for what you're doing in the world. And and you're just you're doing it fearlessly. You're letting it flow through you. And you're just it's like this joy at the same time. Nobody can touch your armor. Anybody that comes at you is going to bounce off and look foolish. And you, so you, I stand with you and I'll lift you in the process. Thank you for being yourself. You know, there was, there was actually a comment and, and listen, I, I, I don't mind critical comments. In fact, uh, this one struck me on the last episode, Jesse, um, you know, the, the comment was essentially, I'm just paraphrasing that how come we're laughing and joking when the, when the subject matter is so serious. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, what's a good point. And I said, listen, you're right. It's a, we can't help it. We're just filled with joy sometimes, but you're right. It is serious subject matter. I mean, this is how the reality is, is, you know, that if you're not, if you can't be funny, if you can't have that sense of humor, you know, the depth of the evil and, and the sorrow just destroys you. And, mm -hmm. you know, my training partner can attest to, how many times did we have to think of funny mischievous things just to make it through things you know you know even to the extent we knew that you know rituals were so serious that if anybody made the minutest little mistake mm -hmm. somebody was going to pay utter hell for that mistake mm -hmm. you know so it'd be as we're walking in you know he all of a sudden pushes I trip and you know what am I doing I'm grabbing the back of the end of the robe of the queen mother of darkness taking her down with me you know because because I, I fall <laughs> and you know it, we made it look like a trip a good one <laughs> yeah. you know and it was like as as they're helping her up what is he doing you know he's pouring the baggie of tang that I snuck out of the house into the holy water. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's focused on the queen that fell and nobody's paying attention that tang is going into the holy water. Right. And we've just tainted now an entire ritual, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to have humor about mm -hmm. these things. You have to have liveliness and, you know, that's, that's what gets us through. It's like, that was a little victory. You know, you, Satan didn't get his way in that ritual. The high priest, the mothers of darkness didn't get their way. The two little children had a blast and totally ruined a ritual. What's the movie with the concentration camp where the man has a son there and he tries to keep it humorous and light for him to get him through the horror? The Beautiful Life or something, I forget what it's called. But I'm not did, sure. That, could, yeah, I'm not sure. I think yeah, so. Yeah, he, 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 it was a true story where the man had his son at the concentration camp. He pretended that it was all part of a game and that the Nazis uh, guards were playing the game and we have to win if we don't cry or we just can laugh or something like that. And he takes it through all through that where the uh, GIs finally come for the boy at the end. And it's like for me and my son, it's like we, we laugh too and we try to you know keep the humor through this all too because the other side too, they, they, it does get their attention like, what? How can you guys still be happy? Like, oh, there's we, times you know, they're they're peeing their pants laughing. Yeah. They, they they can't help it, you know. There's times where they're like, "Why did we not think of that?" Mm -hmm. You know, and they got away with it. That's we right. It really is a battle for them of being clever. <laughs> if if they can't be right, then they could be clever. And if we're more clever, 
then it shreds their side. They want to join our side. And many people are coming over now that want to help. And this one group we talked about was just a distraction. It was supposed to be a distraction to throw things. They have no power now. And, and um, a very wise man told me to, you know, just let them go. And, and we did. Angela and I are not part of that group at all now. And we're simply going forward and we're forming um, other groups and, and we're doing the work and things like that. And we know, we know we'll do it together. They didn't succeed in destroying us. Amen. And not to mention, by the way, uh, when you are born again, when you've asked the spirit of the Lord to come into you, it's hard not to have joy. That's true too. Right. And, 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 but, and, and if you think God is just such a serious God, he has got the greatest sense of humor. Yes. I'm telling you, um, yeah. you know, uh, my, my wife has constantly called me, you know, the Lord spoiled brat, you know, because we have this kind of relationship. Right. Um, right. And, and yeah. I'm honest with him. He knows all my thoughts anyway. So listen, may as well get it out there. You know? thing too, like, like us together talking and presenting the truth. It's, it's, it's joyful. It's fun. You guys make me laugh. It's great. I need to laugh. It's great. I love this, that we can do this bringing truth and laugh, we have those spirits and natures of joy. Even with a serious subject. Even with a serious subject, yeah. Right. Yeah. But so. Speaking of serious subjects, uh, because of the overwhelming response, we will continue on our study of Revelation. I don't know how often, Jesse and I are going to talk off air, how often we're going to do this, but let's continue and let's get the whole book of Revelation out there because we're going to be a couple years ahead of all the other news. That's fantastic. And also, you just hit them to the immortals. Uh, really, the ending is revelations. So that's why the squiddies are actually from the Bible. The squiddies are from the Bible. The machines are from the Bible. Everything that happens, the trumpets is from the Bible. So would everyone want to do something like that, too? As a side note with me, I'd love to show you where revelations fits in the screenplay in the end. Yeah, we'll have to love try. to. All right. Yeah. Good. Love to. All right. All right. Great. Listen. Thank you for watching or listening to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. This is Jesse. We've been joined by Tom Althouse today, exploring the Matrix because we're actually living in it right now. We're living in his script, but we're coming into Revelation. We're going to get the harvest first because that's God's word. We're looking forward to it. We're getting the army ready to do this because we are not going to give up any more ground. We are taking our land back. And we're doing it in the name of the Lord. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. Again, this is Right On Radio. News, views, opinions, and attitudes. We are your news now. Please keep the faith. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right? On radio. Right on radio.